Hey, I'm Britton. Hi, I'm Spencer. Since um, the beginning of 2022, we've been listening to new music that's been released in 2022. Now we're going to talk about it. This is Getting, getting New, new music, music A Well, hey, this is the podcast where we catch up on new albums that have been released in 2022. Um, and we're this is our, our episode for May. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about the new tunes. Um, we each picked three albums to talk about, and then we have a bonus album, our for the culture album, as I like to call it, um, yeah, it was a uh, it was something we'll 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 talk about uh, the original reason we we put that album in there, and then what it's become. Um, correct. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, do, um, do we to kick things? Yeah, yeah, to kick things off, like I think we are going to start. I sent you a list. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start with a, a record that you picked. Yeah. And do you want to tell? Do you want to introduce it? And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. All right. So this album is uh, Mary Halverson's Amaryllis slash Belladonna. It's a double album, uh, and it was released on May thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Each CD or each album is about thirty six ish minutes long. The whole one thing, of them's forty one minutes, and one the, of them's the whole, closer to thirty. The whole thing uh, runs uh, a total of like seventy three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh... interestingly enough, this album, mm-hmm. as you call it, on Apple Music at least, is simply two EPs. Interesting. It is not an album, and I was going to give you a hard time about it, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is pretty cool." No, so it, I, no, I no. It was it, it. both of them were released on the same day, and they're they're like they're a double album. It's been reviewed by everyone as a double album. She released them as like a set the okay. the second half of the first album contains like the the same string quartet that is the second album so like they're they're definitely meant to be companion pieces fair enough um well so which one is supposed to be listened to first you know simply Amarillis. because they were they were both EPs yeah um right when i found them mm-hmm. so, i listened to Amarillis second so, so I she has listed it as Amaryllis slash Belladonna in everything. Got you. Uh, so I just ended up listening to them in that order. I think that's a superior order. I'm just going to say that. But, mm. uh, wh- okay, tell us about this music. Tell us, tell okay. us about so, it. So it's Mary Halverson is, I believe she's uh, based out of New York. Um, she is a jazz guitarist uh, mm-hmm. and composer and improviser. And uh, in as much, he or she... Um, the two albums are like very different in tone in that like Amaryllis is like oh, yeah. music she has mostly written for a jazz quartet and then a, uh, uh, sorry, not a jazz quartet. Uh, I think a jazz, I think there's six of them. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't quite recall. It's uh, but the, the mm-hmm. basic core of the band is her, who's a guitarist, uh, a stand-up bassist, a vibraphone player who's awesome a drummer yeah. who's crazy good and then i think think three horn players um, yeah so the uh so belladonna is a quintet and then amaryllis is a sextet yes yeah that sounds yep. about right it's it's a sextet but there are up to a, uh 11 members in the band because for the fa- last three tracks 
uh, she brings in the Mivos Quartet, which is Correct. the string quartet that plays on the second album, Belladonna. Yeah, um, pretty rad. Yeah, this yeah. album, these albums were fucking cool and just something very different from things I've heard. It's definitely like NPR interstitial jazz. It definitely is, but yeah. but it's still but like, it's, it's cool. interesting. And there's it's there's a lot of, too. but at the same time, it's also like very soundtracky, and there's a lot of like very like noir type stuff in there. I would say, yeah, noir type stuff. The okay, the so Belladonna, I mm. think, is really really interesting because it, it is, is just a quartet with weird guitar well, on top so, of it. So how that one was written is it was uh, pre written music that uh, so. Uh, Mary Halverson wrote music for this string quartet, and then uh-huh. she just improvises over it. Interesting. Yeah, okay. and they just they yeah. just do it live. They just all get in a room, and all this stuff. It, it obviously, I think, when you listen to it, it is all done live. Just a bunch of awesome musicians in a room together, fucking jamming out. And in as much there's some yeah. there's a couple songs on here, uh, especially like on Amaryllis. Um, uh, where was it? It's uh, the second track, Anesthesia. There is mm-hmm. like no way you can place a tempo to that song. There's parts where it drags. There's parts where it speeds up. Yeah. But everyone just plays super well together. And it's obviously... Was... Sorry? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say like what what was really interesting listening to them in the, I guess, wrong order <laughs> that I listened to them is because... Belladonna, it, there's no percussion none on that on that record, and mm. and it's very strange sounding music. It's like almost baroque and romantic it's, in a way, but it's also like very like you know avant garde, like jazz ish. It jazz sounds adjacent. like the soundtrack for an A twenty four like it. Well, it's like horror an A20- film. Yeah, it's like an A twenty four film, but like a cut above that. Like a lot of the a lot of Belladonna reminded me of like an acoustic version of the band Dysrhythmia. Or perhaps even Gore Guts. Like, it's very, like, uh, atonal at times and, mm-hmm. and kind of dissonant here and there. Uh, they play with dissonance in, in some pretty oh, interesting ways. some actually. really cool ways, yeah. Definitely. But then, so I listened to Amaryllis second, and Amaryllis mm-hmm. is the one that's got, like, a full-ass jazz band. And there's, like, drums, and there's horns, and it's it was really exciting and really different, especially after listening to uh, Belladonna. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the, like you like you were saying when it comes to to uh, Amaryllis, like some of those songs have some really like f- almost free jazz ish elements in, mm-hmm. in how like how they're pushing pushing what what can be considered music. I don't yeah, know, and, it, but it's then, pretty wild. Then there's some stuff that's just like super tight. Like uh, after that free jazzy sounding Anesthesia, the track Amaryllis, the uh, titular track of the first album. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a a prog jazz piece that actually kind of sounded to me like um, like uh, like Bad Plus maybe or something like that. I could see something like that. The, the, a lot of the stuff on Amaryllis reminded me, not necessarily in like a derivative sense or anything like that, but just in like a you know kindred spirits kind of way of a band, uh, a Finnish band called Jaga Jazzist. I don't know oh, yeah, if I'm yeah, saying yeah. that correctly. Yeah, but it reminded me a bit of that in the sense that it's like a large like ensemble. Yeah. And they're playing some like pretty technical and like interesting music. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. You know, it actually kind of reminded me a bit of like maybe like some snarky puppy stuff too. Who we just saw. Oh yeah, actually, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's a great uh, yeah, comparison but, for I sure. Mean, but lo- weirder. Yeah, we definitely weirder. Definitely I was say weirder. weirder. And also when yeah. they brought in like the strings, it it definitely got different. 
and I like that a lot. Like, yeah, I think my favorite uh, tracks on this whole album, besides Amaryllis, which was so fucking cool. Although the first track on the album to Night Shift was so fucking neat, but yeah, that's a really neat song. The, the last three tracks on Amaryllis, Side Effect, Hoodwink, and uh, Eight Hundred Ninety Two Teeth, all had the uh, the Mavos Quartet on it, and so it was just like this lush like soundscape, and like there was an individual place for every single instrument. And it was really fucking cool. It was just like insanely competently mixed and performed. It was it was yeah cool. definitely. Yeah, um, I completely agree. It was a it was a really cool listen and something that I'm always stoked to check out. I always love hearing like weird jazz tinged stuff, and this was a great weird jazz tinged thing, and I really enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Um. What, what are you gonna What are you gonna rank it? What do you got? Uh. You know what? Um. I I was moved by this, and it was something completely mm-hmm. different, uh, but very very listenable. I thought Belladonna wasn't quite as good as Amaryllis, so I'm gonna actually rate them separately. Uh, I'd give Amaryllis an eight point five. Uh, Belladonna gets a seven. All right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna loop them together because I listened to them one after another, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna say as an experience, I'd say you know I'd give this four. Hash brown patties out of five. Hash browns, nice. All right. Yeah, Speaking I love of... I love a hash brown. I love a hash brown patty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Like the, yeah. the classic McDonald's hash brown patty. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fun thing to throw on a sandwich if you want to be a total grease ball. <laughs> just yeah. be like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw a big old slab of greasy potatoes on this sandwich. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, uh, speaking of hash, let's go to hash functions with our uh, next record. Um, right am i right all right sure i'll take it this one was one of my picks um so this album is called uh oh hold on a second i lost my note um this album is called personal computer and it is by master boot record which is a great name for a band Mm -hmm. um big fan of that uh and okay so the reason I picked this was because I was like oh. scrolling through new releases on the music apps, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Apple Music being one of them. Scrolling through it, I find this album, and I, I picked it because I, I liked the album cover, and then I read a little blurb about it where the the guy, the whoever Master what, Boot Record uh, is, w- was it was it like the symbol or the one that was like the the C? And because he had two different covers for it, one for the vinyl uh, and one for the, uh, the regular album. The cover that I see is the one where it's like a symbol, like a bunch of scratches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I saw first too. But like, if you yeah. see, there's like a collector's vinyl or something, and it it has like a, it, it looks like basically like the, it's like C colon uh, thing slash from like DOS. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's it is fun. pretty cool. I like this. So, so this is why I picked this record. I picked this record mm-hmm. purely because of the blurb. Before I even listened to it, I picked it because of this blurb. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, Master Boot Records' official record label bio makes it clear where the Italian project's eighth full-length album should be categorized. And this is a quote from him. To put it simply, this is metal done with a synth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that, it. So that, I was like, "All right, yeah, we, we reviewed a synth metal album last month with Carpenter yeah. Brutes' mm-hmm. um, most recent record." So mm-hmm. I figured, you know what, we're going to review another synth metal album yeah. because, like, I I think that's interesting that people are trying to do that. Um, they do it to varying degrees of success. This I do feel like is metal made with synthesizers. Um, it somebody listened to the 
Doom 2016 soundtrack a bunch. Mm-hmm. And now we have synth metal as a genre. Um, no. I listened to it, and I think it is okay. What do you think? I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, by the way, it was released on May 6, 2022 on Metal Blade Records. Um, oh, I didn't realize it was on Metal Blade. Yeah, it's on Metal Blade. Yeah, he's, hmm. he's released most of his stuff on Metal Blade, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, I've never listened to this dude he's, before. Yeah, he's, he's been a, lot a of bunch albums. of metal bands, but like no metal bands I've ever heard of, and all of them from like Italy, where he's from. And this is, to be clear too, this is one guy who does everything for this album. A guy named that, Victor Love. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, he does like, like literally it. everything, and apparently uh, he programs everything, and then he plays some guitar. So like this, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know if he can even play, you know, keyboards like this because the keyboards are crazy. Like, yeah, it's a bunch yeah. of crazy keyboard solos. It's it's basically like it's it's somewhere between something like Carpenter Brute and something like maybe like Power Glove or Anamanaguchi. Like, sure, it's okay. it's very I mean, Carpenter I, I, Brute. Like, it's it it's Carpenter Brute me. but video game music because sure, Carpenter yeah, Brute is not yeah. totally chiptunesy, but yeah. Master Boot Record is very chiptunesy. Yeah, and, and it, like it comes and goes too, but like it, it, he's pulling from a lot of modern metal stuff, like a lot of like modern metalcore and and yeah. and gent here and there, but and, then and also a lot of metal like too. classic power metal. Yeah, yeah. this was going to say like a lot of it sounds like very like classic yeah. power metal. And, um, also, uh, a lot of his stuff too sounds a lot like Devin Townsend, like a lot of his synth choices too. Um, a lot yeah, of his synth choices, a lot of his jump drum programming. Because, I mean, Devin Townsend always gets drummers that sound like electronic drums. And then he just triggers the shit out of them. So, I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. It's perfect for strapping young lad and shit. But. Well, yeah, totally. And, and like, I, I could definitely see that. It, it's, uh, it, it was an interesting listen. Like, I listened to it, and then I listened to it again. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this didn't totally grab me. But I think that, like, some of the ideas here are cool. I think that there are people... I think that it's cool that people are trying to make synth metal into a real genre of music that people respect yeah. and listen to. And I, mean, I think that's neat. So so the um, only things that like were real drawbacks to the album, because like the production was great, the songwriting was really fun, it was a bunch of mm-hmm. fucking cool synths and shit like that. Um there was a lot of like programmed guitar that sounded like meh. Yeah, um, so like, yeah, no, I, I would um, agree. The, the the actual guitar sounded cool when it happened, but like there was a lot of program guitar that was, eh. It'd be cool to hear like some guest stuff, either vocals or yeah. like guitar solos, actual guitar solos going back and forth with the fucking yeah. so I, solos. I, That'd be huge awesome. Huge agree. My, my biggest thought listening to this was this would be so much more interesting with vocals. Like right. whether they're screaming or singing, it doesn't really matter. I think mm. it would be interesting, more interesting with vocals. Yeah, no and, and not the whole time. Like just something like Carpenter Brute to where like you mix it sure. up enough to where... Because the thing is, I listened to this while doing some power washing uh-huh. And I thought that like four songs in a row were all just one song. Same. Yeah. yeah. I had a similar experience. Like they, there are definitely like songs on here that sound very similar to each other. And it's not the worst thing. I mean, I guess like he's got a good I- idea of like what kind of music he wants to make. Yeah. Like it all felt very thematically appropriate, but mm-hmm. it did sound kind of samey. And that's, that's why vocals came to mind. I- I'm not necessarily, I'm not the, the sort of person that like, I love instrumental music. Like mm-hmm. I, I love instrumental music, but I feel like certain genres of music can be really elevated with with any kind of vocal performance. And this is one of those ones where I feel like it could because like basically what he's writing is like these synth pop metal songs. And yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, that that would be cooler with vocals, as evidenced by you know that Carpenter Brute record. That Love that it. song with Greg Puciato from that that Carpenter Brute record is yeah, yeah. such a fucking banger. I've listened to that song like of, uh, at Dillinger least two dozen plan. times since we did that episode. Like that song, fucking slaps. That is the it's a really good song. Yeah. Pinnacle yeah. of that album for me yeah. personally, and like I just I feel like some of I don't feel like anything on this record reaches those heights. Um, yeah. That being said, can, it's, it's cool yeah, for what it, it is. It, yeah, at the same time, like I feel like there's something, I don't know, maybe a little bit more original about him in that he's not just like doing a harder version of John Carpenter music. Sure. Like, yeah, no, he's, it, like, it is different. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it, definitely yeah. different. Yeah. Which it's, is why, which is also why I picked it, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I really like the computer aesthetic here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really fun. I like the band name. I like the idea that you're trying to push like computer synth music as metal like that's cool it's right in my wheelhouse you know it's like i like a lot of what he's doing and i think it it has a lot of potential i'd love to see him collaborate with some like yeah absolutely or, or, or produce like, an album yeah. like i'd like to see him produce someone else's album i think that could go hard that could go hard like have yeah. him team up with like with with abbott and do like a mm. record with abbott like or oh, oh, oh. Or, or like a record with Olver. oh my god yeah there yeah, you go right? Fuck yeah. I want all those dudes to collab anyway. Like let's like make it happen. But anyways, yeah, yeah, cool record. What what are you gonna what are you gonna rank it? Uh I'm gonna go ahead and um you know, the it was it was it was kinda long. It's sixty four and a half minutes almost. Um Yeah. Yeah, totally. I uh but but like it was solid and it was something I hadn't heard delivered and performed like that before. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Pretty good. Right on. Pretty good. I'm great. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, three blue screens of death out of five. Mm. Interesting. Speaking of um, legacy software, <laughs> I don't even know where we're going with this. Wow, um, that that's not a segue uh, to our next album. So speaking of zeros and ones, our next okay. album is O-1. That's correct. Yeah, um, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, that was actually pretty good. So tell, tell, tell us <laughs> uh, about released on this. May sixth, twenty twenty two, on Inside Out Music, uh, who is a prog label, and we actually have another album that we'll talk about later uh-huh. on this list. Uh-huh. Uh, this uh, that was also released by Inside Out Music. This is the same label that has Dream Theater, Yes, Jethro Tull, and Devin Townsend on them. Wow, and the Devin That's... Townsend probably explains this album a little bit, maybe. A little and bit. Why maybe. it's released on T- there? Tell but... me, tell me about this band and how you came. In, I like, don't how you even know it. how I found them. I was just like looking up music news and like new metal and stuff like that, and I <clears throat> um, got on this review from. I want to say it was Metal Reviews or Angry Metal Guy or some metal metal review site, and uh, they had this like really highly rated, and I was like. I don't usually listen to Prague, but yeah. I, I might as well check it out. So I like watched the first video for the first single they had, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And it was the first <laughs> song on here, "Travel." Yeah, uh, um, yeah. And and totally. they made two other videos for the next two songs, "Farewell" and "Mountain." And like after I watched those three videos, I'm like, "We we we just have to talk about this album because I've never heard anything like this album before." 
So, yeah, it, it's a weird one. It's very prog. It's got some a uh, little bit of a metal bent to it here and there. Some very, it's like, super jazzy, shoegazy vocals. There's some fusion-y sounding parts on there as well. Do you know where they're from? I'm sorry. Did you? Did oh, you they're that? yeah. They're they're from China. Um, so they're from China. Uh, they're this, this album is, is... CCP approved. <laughs> yeah. Prog so rock slash so metal. The um the brainchild of the 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 band is the drummer Anthony Vanacore, who was born in New York City and uh, was a big jazz drummer there, but then decided to move to I think Beijing, and from there he's been like really big in the jazz scene and um. Yeah, he just decided to start a prog band, and I I don't know how to describe them exactly. Okay, so I have one one frame of reference for describing them. Mm -hmm. There was only one band that they really reminded me of, Mm -hmm. um, in like a kindred kindred sort of sense, um, and that is Pink Shiny Ultra Blast. Have you ever? I'm guessing they're Japanese. Uh, I don't know if they're Japanese. I think I thought they were European, but I'm not sure. Uh, Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, though, they're a weird band that kind of mixes like black metal and shoegaze and like indie rock and like all sorts of stuff and like kind of a very in a similar way in the sense that like it's it's like a diverse mix of genres and they have like these like kind of high pitched, almost shoegazy vocals over it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is sort of similar in that sense. Uh, at least in the in the vocal sense, but the the music's really all over the place. Like, yeah, it is. It's the uh, bassist is crazy good. Yeah, I mean, everybody's everyone very in the band good. is insanely competent at what they're playing. Like the guitarist, is just like he plays in such a weird jazzy pocket. Yeah, but then there's like weird gent parts. Like track yeah. two, I was like, this is Bjork meets gent. It is no, oh yeah, a, a, a lot of people described it as like, uh, yeah, Gent Bjork, and like I, I kind of get that. To me, it sounded like more like if uh, Devin Townsend like collaborated with a Japanese jazz band on like a theme to an anime or something. I could, yeah, I could see that for sure. It's, yeah, um, there were there were a lot something. of really interesting, weird songs. Like there's songs with track three's got some like organs and shit on it, which it was weird. Yeah, and a really um, cool bass part. Um, yeah, but like also like a really melodic vocals over the whole thing, and so there was uh, almost on every track I took the note. This drummer is so fucking good. The drummer is Drummer's so really good. fucking good. Like he's yeah. one of the best drummers I've heard in a long time. Like blew my mind when I first heard this album. Yeah, this is one where like the first song didn't entirely grab me. I was like. I don't know about this, right. but then, but as I, I saw it, it on, I'm like, I'll... this is weird. I don't know. And then I, I kept on listening to it. And I, you know, when I first heard, I just heard the first three tracks and I was just like, by the end of that, I'm like, I still don't know what to think, but it's, they're mm-hmm. obviously really good. Yeah. It's yeah. Just... Uh, and like, yeah, I wasn't totally sold on it until like maybe halfway through. And I was like, you know, this is really going some places. Like, this is really, this is weird. I, mm-hmm. I am enjoying listening to this weird frog thing. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a weird one, but like I ended up enjoying it. Um yeah. it's pretty diverse. That's mm-hmm. it's hard to say much more than it's diverse. I would say if you if you like the weirder side of like jazzier projects, um yeah, or like right. bands see, like Pink Shiny see, Ultra Blast. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to like out. recommend it because you're like, uh, I have. Uh. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I can right? like it's... I can tell you like five things that influence them, 
but like uh-huh. no one listens to all five of those genres really and so for like, sure yeah. like yeah. It's, yeah for for fans of like um you know uh kate bush hum uh Meshuga, and devin townsend project and you're like uh, whoa that's actually like a pretty good list right there yeah i would yeah. say like all those plus pink shiny ultra blast yeah plus, maybe some yeah some kind of japanese jazz yeah plus like yeah. some jagged jazzist why not yeah, Throw that, yeah that band in there again yeah yeah i don't know no. uh cool shit though really yeah, weird really really crazy cool shit oh uh fucking track six had like Oh, it was a yeah. prog rock song, but like with bomb blasts in the entire thing. Yes. So like, track the dudes, six was my the, favorite song on the album. It is the, a really it's cool so song. cool. Like, it's so cool, but it's also awesome beautiful. Song. It's yeah. like it was really, the chorus was really good. Like mm-hmm. the, the chorus that they came back to, um, like the vocal melody was really cool. Um, that song was the most metal song, but that wasn't why I liked it the most. I just thought it was the most dynamic and interesting song. Like, yeah, it really goes some places, and it's super dynamic and. Yeah. Yeah, that that song was by far my favorite. I, I think my record. favorite was, was really probably neat. the one right after that, uh, track seven, Dark. Um, it kind of had a, a similar feel, but like, yeah, it that was, was cool so song. insanely tight. So there it was, was really pa- heavy too. Yeah, there was this part where the the bassist and the guitarist and the drummer's feet were all doing this this rhythm, but then the drummer was syncopating stuff on his snare drum, and like I've probably listen to the song like five times now and every time i listen to it i'm like dude what the fuck like i i will say if you are a drummer listen to this album fucking now this dude anthony vanacore is a beast yeah like after listening to it i immediately sent it to past guest andrew jamieson and i was like yo you i need bet to yeah, i bet he'd like oh, you're man. right i should have sent this he, to andrew he yeah. likes a lot of shit like this yeah I yeah he'd really probably love like this it. shit yeah yeah, yeah. For yeah sure. straight up so i would um this this really grew on me a lot and i it, it's one of those ones that i can't explain why but like it it's it just fucking wrecked me i'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 nice. it was i think it was that good and maybe not that good but that different and i feel mm-hmm. like i mean this is going to be like one of those underground things that's definitely going to influence a lot of musicians maybe that's it but that's good. yeah yeah I would say I, although I did really enjoy listening to this, and I do think it's interesting. I think it's worth listening to. It didn't grab me the most, and I don't know how likely I am to return to it simply because I'm just feeling other sounds right now. That being Fair. said, I do think it's a quality work, and I would give it three and a half burgers out of five. Okay. And I say burgers specifically because I was making burgers while I listened mm. to it. Were they fish burgers? No. Oh, well, bummer. Well, speaking of fish burgers, that brings us to our next album, Red Snapper. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Red uh, Snapper. Very nice. <laughs> I don't know what you're. What's a UHF? Oh, right. Red yeah. Snapper. Okay. Yeah, of course. Of very course. tasty. It's <laughs> a great film. Um, uh, so okay, Red so, Snapper Everybody is Somebody released on May 6th, 2022 on Low Recordings. Okay, I got to tell a little bit of a story before we get into this one. Mm-hmm. So I discovered the band Red Snapper when I had just moved to Washington in 2009. I was living in a garage uh, that I had like made a tent in that I was that I had like my computer in and I was like staying up all night and sleeping all day making a black metal album and like downloading a bunch of weird music off the internet 
Anyway, anyways, long story short, I discovered the album Our Aim is to Satisfy by Red Snapper. Great album. Which became one of my favorite albums of all time. It is truly like a fucking phenomenal album. Like I cannot overstate that. And so uh, I was looking through new releases on uh, on the music apps and holy shit, Red Snapper had a new album and I was like, what the fuck? Red yeah, Snapper's got I was a new like, album? What the fuck too? What yeah. the fuck? Uh, immediately grabbed that. Immediately, that was the first album I put on this list. As soon as I saw it, I was like, 100%, I'm stoked to listen to this. And honestly, I super enjoyed it. I yeah. I think it's like very much in keeping with their sound. If you're not it's familiar, very much a Red Snapper. Album. It is very much a Red Snapper album. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't know what Red Snapper is, they're a British trip hop slash. Uh, they're they're acid jazz. Acid they're one of the, jazz. They're one of the creators of acid jazz. Atmospheric drum and bass. You could call them a lot of different things. They're. But like, I mean, yeah. But acid jazz. Yeah. They are as they're like yeah, Jamiroquai. Like they are one of the founders of the genre. Yeah. Like, um they're they're fantastic and so it's like hallmarks of their genre of, of like the what they're making is like very hip-hop centric drum beats with you know upright bass very and, jazzy it, but it's it's bass riffs it's yeah, the same like bass part bass. played over and over and uh-huh. over which is pretty sick it it's is not something i think i could ever do because i get so bored yeah but like but it's like good, it, good it's, for him it's hypnotizing you <laughs> yeah know? It is. a lot of it their is. their music is very like driving and mm-hmm. you know it makes you want to bob your head like it's yeah it's, it's cool stuff if you're listening you've probably heard red snapper on a soundtrack in some 90s movie they were all over like british movies and shit like that yeah definitely like you yeah. have probably heard them before but like they're definitely like one of those bands that if you aren't familiar with them i would definitely like check out at, at the very least our aim is to satisfy like that, right. that and, or, or prince blimey prince blimey also goes prince blimey is really interesting love, love prince blimey yeah uh, a pale blue dot is also really good uh, they have okay. they have a lot of cool records. They're really neat band. Um, uh, one time, one time I went to go see uh, Opeth and Mastodon um, mm-hmm. in Seattle, and uh, this was when Opeth stopped screaming, so they didn't play any songs with screaming, and I was really disappointed. So I went to go buy a Mastodon shirt, and one of the roadies selling merch for Opeth was wearing a Red Snapper shirt. And I was like, holy shit, Red Snapper? That's tight, dude. And then he was like, oi, you like Red Snapper? And I was like, yeah, man. And he was like, oh, I'm one of the sound techs, mate. And then, like, talked to me for, like, forever about how, like, he's worked with Red Snapper for the last 20 years. And they're, like, amazing people. And he loves, like, touring with them. And he's like, oh, the only reason I'm not with them is because they're not touring. So I'm doing this shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was a weirdly aggressive interaction but it was great it was great love that we love that uh but anyways this this is a red snapper ass red snapper record yeah yeah um there's there's some cool shit in here i mean it's it's pretty diverse though too like definitely there's songs with electronic percussion yeah i mean there's a song uh track three tarzan it's kind of a like a it's a it's a red snapper take on like jungle book-esque bebop music yeah yeah. Um with like a, a wild saxophone riff in it. That, oh that's man, really that fun. sax riff is gnarly. Uh track six out of focus is like a spacey jam centered around a cool bass riff. It has like um kind of sounds like uh surf music from like 60s sci-fi movies, you know? Totally. Kinda track five is almost like acoustic techno. It's like that, super rhythmic. And it's like... Su- that that's like truly acid jazz because yeah. it has uh it has the acid uh house synth stabs, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so it totally. has that like almost like acoustic techno feel, which is a very fun mm-hmm. vibe, um, especially from them too. Like I wasn't expecting this to be this like expansive and diverse of an album. Like it definitely mm-hmm. like exceeded I feel like my expectations because like whenever I see albums come out from bands that I like really like from the past and mm-hmm. it's like been a while since I've listened to them, um, it's mostly disappointing. It's mostly disappointing. And I will this say, went, I was I was highly disappointed with like Tears for Fears album from earlier this year, which is I was def- expecting which is a lot more. Very understandable, and but like this did not disappoint me. I listened to no, this no, and I was like, no. this is it's, red it's among, snapper ass red snapper like, among red snappers best albums. Definitely. Like it's it's good. It's very red snapper. Uh, honestly, the only songs I wasn't really a fan of on the album oh, were track the ten. Two- I did not really vibe with. Track yeah, 10. no, I, I I didn't like either of the songs with vocals too much. And you know they've had a lot of really good collaborations with vocalists they have. in the past. Like I've they really have, enjoyed but this, their not on this album. I'd skip this those album, two tracks. I would say is mid for uh, vocal collabor- oh. collaborations. Like they, I definitely did not dig track ten. That was the only track mm. on the album that I didn't like though. Like everything else, I thought was was like good to great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I, yeah, I do agree with you. Like the vocal collabs on this one were not as interesting as they have been before. Uh, one thing I really like too is uh, something I hadn't heard from Red Snapper before is uh, track fourteen, Fat Chance. Uh, the bassist breaks out the bow and plays the upright with the bow, and so all oh, legato yeah. style. I love that. We love a bowed ba- upright bass part. You really do, and like the nothing upright, like it. Nothing the upright like bass it. parts for this band are just so sick like i cannot overstate oh, they're, that they're hypnotic like, they're just and they're like, so well recorded they sound mm-hmm. so good and it's yeah. just like oh the production on this album though it should be noted is fucking fantastic oh and it, like, uh it's it's a uh, it was self-produced by them it sounds uh, over over great. the period of the last three years apparently Damn. uh it's yeah so, it's it sounds really good like yeah um, really, really nice production. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and like they have a ton of guest instrumentalists on here because uh, oh, yeah. the the band at its core is just a guitarist, a bassist, and a drummer. Mm-hmm. And the guitarist also does some electronics and keyboards, but mm-hmm. um, and sampling. But like, yeah, there's a ton of a huge cast of their friends and stuff, and everyone they work with, they work real well together with. For real, the For real. mixing is great. Um, yeah, it's just a really solid album. Yeah, th- if you're into like you know fucking acid jazz kind of mm-hmm. trancey type, you know like, hip hop jazz. Yeah, I mean even you can even throw an atmospheric drum and bass because like they definitely like yeah. fall within that spectrum of something that like if you like that kind of stuff you'll probably yeah. like this too. Yeah, pretty sick. Um, pretty sick. I thought sure. it was maybe a little long at 15 tracks and 68 minutes, but you know that's kind of a. A red snapper thing. It's music to fucking you know smoke a big blunt to and hang out. It is definitely that. And but and so it's cool for that. But if you're like me and you're uh, you know trying to get through reviewing albums, you're and taking like <laughs> expansive notes. You're like, all right, well, I think I've got enough notes for this song, and uh, we're only halfway through, and like nothing changes. It's just like a hypnotic baseline for the rest of the time. And you're like, uh-huh. okay, well, mm, uh, yeah, yes, was, but yeah, given so. the opportunity to enjoy it, pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd give it a solid seven and a half out of 10. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not red snappers best album. I wouldn't recommend it as anybody's first red snapper album, but it's a good album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I would give it four 
Halo headshots out of five. I was playing Halo while I listened to it. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, things that happen in space, yeah. let's go to a star for our next album. Hell Black yeah. Star, No Fear of Time, released on May 3rd, 2022, produced entirely by Madlib, and released exclusively on the Luminary Podcast Network. Oh my fucking God. I'm glad I can see your fucking face for this because this this shit pissed me off so fucking much, bro. Like, I was so mad. Like, so, so, so like, okay, no, I, gotta I almost don't want to review the album. I almost yeah. want to review what a pain in the ass Luminary Podcast Network is and how much I hate Talib Kweli for putting yeah. this fucking album and like erasing it from the internet. It's available nowhere. Literally uh, nowhere. I, I don't know. Did you actually find it somewhere? I found a link okay. on Reddit and I downloaded it to my phone. Excellent. Uh, I, I'm freely saying that because like I was so pissed and you're right. It's scrubbed from the internet and like I couldn't find it on any of this. So Black Star, uh, iconic collaboration between Most F and Talib Kweli. Like yeah, they're, the they're, last album they released was I think 1998. Yeah, and um, it's it's, a, it's an iconic, it's a great like, album, classic great album. of the genre of like yeah. late 90s hip hop. Like it is it's specifically late 90s, yes, like, socially yeah. conscious hip hop. You know, it, so it is like an iconic record, right? So like hearing mm. they put out a new record, you texted me, you're like, "Hey, Blackstar put out a new record." I was like, "That's fucking tight. I'm stoked to listen to that." Except. I w- I was stoked to listen to it until I tried to find it. Until they, I found out they released it on a podcast network exclusively. <laughs> exclusively. It is not Very on YouTube. exclusively. It is not Very on Apple Music. It is not on Spotify. It is nowhere. It is only on this podcast network that costs $3 a month. Correct. Fuck that. Like, I mean, okay, so good for those dudes for getting paid, I guess, but like, Fuck them for making their fans go through this. Like that fucking yeah, sucks. Like 100%. you know, you know where I found the link to uh, listen to the album, quote unquote, uh, is from r slash Madlib. That's great. Yeah. So it was oh. just a thread titled "Anybody Got a Link to the Album?" And then there was a guy that was like, "Here you go." Nice. <laughs> and it didn't Good. get taken down. It was like from a month ago. Good so, people. I wish I found that. Yeah. Um. I I I had to end up going through a bunch of hoops and using like do not pay.com and basically signing up for and deleting uh, uh, an account on the same day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. I went through a fucking like Indiana you... Jones fucking like putting the fucking like bag full of sand on the thing and grabbing uh-huh. the statue uh-huh. in order to listen to this album. And you know what? It was not worth it. It wasn't worth it. It's yeah. a mediocre it rap album. It's a really mediocre album, isn't it? It's, Especially it is. like so here's the it thing. Sucks. Like, it sucks. It, it sucks. I mean, it should be good. It's all Mad Lib beats. The and the it's, beats it's, are fun. Like I feel like honestly it would be better as an instrumental album. Well, yeah, you know what the thing is though, and uh this kind of illuminates why I think the album is so subpar. Uh-huh. It was uh recorded entirely like in backstage areas while most Def and Talib Kweli were on tour with uh, Dave Chappelle. What? Yeah. Oh, man. So, like, 
And the, so that's why the, the vocal production the vocal is garbage. The vocal production is so bad. It's Sometimes it's okay for Talib Kweli, yeah. but most deaf always most deaf sounds, sounds terrible. Mo- most deaf sounds like this for most of the album, and he's and I'm like, dude, don't you mean fu- most of the album? Oh, shut up. Um, uh, no, but like his vocal production sounds terrible. Like he and like most most F always does this like singing off key shit on a bunch oh, of the songs, and, it and sounds but then awful. he layers it sometimes. Yeah, and, like, but he's like, bro, you're out of key, man. Like that sounds uh, bad. Like what are you doing? But he then he like keeps going, and I'm like, what? Talib Kweli, to his credit, honestly, I feel like is the is kind of like carrying this album. He is. Like, he definitely does. His verses are so much better, but some of them are just kind of dumb, though. There's a fucking... Yeah. On track two, so be it. He does, like, half of his whole verse is, like, him rhyming things with, like, dates on the calendar and shit. Yeah. And yeah, like, it is. There's yeah, a lot of lazy it's, rhymes on this record, and, like, just, surprisingly it, yeah. so. And then when they do get political, it's very, like, light touch, like, very... Sometimes. Like, it's not... There, it's uh, not as like the song as I the main thing is to keep yeah. the main thing the main thing was about like mm-hmm. appropriating black culture and stuff and I I thought that was pretty well done I think mm-hmm. uh, although fucking once again most defs vocal production was terrible awful. so bad it's so weird and uh, also uh fucking track seven supreme alchemy mm-hmm. like the vocals are straight up distorting half the time. Yes, they are. It's it's like, it, it, as a producer, it's like maddening. It's yes. mad-libbing. Yeah, and it's like, um, and the, the, the beats, although the beats are solid, they're, they're mm-hmm. mixed terribly. Like, they don't yeah. sound good. And like, which is weird because Mad Lib is usually so good at mixed down and shit. And yeah, it's just and it's like, like the beats sound thin and kind of lifeless. The vocals sound thin and horrible. And like super poorly mixed. It doesn't even say, it, they sound like they're dry, bro. They sound dry or distorted. It's but at the same gross. Time, part of me wonders like, I mean, this is on a podcast network. What, what bit rate right. does the, it's got to be like probably it's what, got, like 128 bit at it, most? K, K, like at it's best. probably 96. Yeah. And so like it's going to sound even shittier than yeah. a bad, like, fucking backstage recording in the first place and so i i wanted this album to be good but then it was a pain in the ass to find and so i'm like okay well at least now i get to listen to the new black star album and by the end of it i was like what (laughs) yeah no that's how i felt i was like stoked to go into it and then i was like all right yeah all right i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna give this one a four and a half out of ten Yeah. I would say that's yeah. that's probably fair. Um uh <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh two DMCA claims out of five. That, that's great. That's it, great. It is a disappointing album from people that are that should know better or should be better. They are better. I know they're better than this, you know. Madlib's mm-hmm. great. Madlib's one of my favorite like musicians, one of my favorite composers that exists yeah. out there. Fucking love yeah. Madlib. Like he's Straight up, incredible. So, so Black Star's like first album, rem, I mean, was used to be one of my favorite hip hop albums. It's, an, straight it's up. an amazing album. Like I was actually, I was humming a line from that album like a couple weeks ago before I even found mm. out they had a new album out. Like I was, just, it just randomly popped into my head, and then mm. like just because I like that album a lot, and yeah, uh, this is not that. It's not even almost that. It is something else and it is not as good 
and I it's disappointing. And, so, it, and like the 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 fucking pain in the ass. Okay, so let me just say this: it like just evaluating the music alone, two two out of five, whatever. Like, mm. but like if you take into account its luminary podcast network, the luminary podcast network. No, nothing out of five. Like negative, negative. Like it, it, yeah, like, you, negative points. Like good on them for getting paid. They sold their content. Sure. I'm sure they made money from that. They probably made more mm-hmm. money from that than they would have otherwise. So like, good yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also fuck them for doing that to their fans. That's shitty. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, yeah, like, that's the thing. I, like socially I, conscious hip hop should not be about making money. Like and all right. Like, and like has, that's the thing. Totally, it goes yeah. against their whole ethos. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speaking about feeling places you feel gross, <laughs> uh, that brings us to our next artist, Pharmacist. Yes, Pharmacist. Oh, my pharmacist, God. Pharmacist, uh, Flourishing Extremities on Unspoiled Mental Ground, released on April 10th, 2022. Uh, pretty far outside of our window, but I'll let it slide again. A- April? That's last month. Yeah. This is a Maycast, Spencer. Yeah, we, we go from the last two months. No, we go from the last time we recorded one of these, Spencer. All right. Well, I keep on saying that, and you keep on moving the goalposts. I, 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 April 10th is, like, literally, like, just a little over a month ago. Like, it's not that long. It's almost two months ago, Spencer. Oh, I guess you're right now. Released on Severed Records in the U.S. and Bizarre Leprous Productions in Europe. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so great... Pro- Pharmacist, <laughs> great name, sick name. Uh, Pharmacist is a a death grind band from uh, Japan. Uh, Pre- uh, pretty well, it, it is pretty much one guy. Um, one guy writes all the music, does all the vocals, uh, plays all the guitar and bass, and then uh, his name is Pharmacist, and then Therapeutist plays drums, which is such a good name for a drummer. Yeah, and then that. on this album specifically, mm-hmm. uh, there's like three guitar solos from a guy named Andrew Lee, who's from a band called Ripped to Shreds. What's a tight band name? Yeah. Uh, and this uh, this one's produced by a guy named Ryui Inari. Nice. Yeah, he did everything, man. Wow, holy crap. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. This is This is my favorite death metal album of the year so far it's interesting it is so much fun like it is quite fun so you know uh it's it's a lot of different things so it was actually uh listed and it's listed most places as classic death metal slash gore grind yes so i don't think it is too much i mean unless you're talking about gore grind like carcasses first that's what people are talking about that's the only okay this album It is carcass worship, but he's doing carcass in a way that I think is like better than how carcass is doing carcass currently because he's doing carcass in the the classic sense. And it's like, and yeah, it's really, it's a lot of fun. He's he's doing carcass with a couple other like big, um, so he does a lot of carcass, but a lot of the stuff he does, he like straight up like steals death riffs a couple times. Like death and like old cynic too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And so, and actually, the guitarist he got to play solos on here, Andrew Lee, he slaps. plays like, he plays like Paul Mastvidal. Yeah. Like his sense of timing is, like, is su- really cool. Which is such a fun vibe because it's like this yeah. nasty sounding, like old school, like old carcass sounding shit. And then but it's then got you these have, like, like beautiful, like ja- cynic solos over it. Yeah, like, like, like jazz yeah. phrasing like, in a our, fucking metal yeah. solo. And you're like, dude, what? And, 
And so yeah. this was really cool. Um, the songwriting was awesome. The production was exactly right for what it needed to be. Definitely. It's gross. It sounds gross. The only thing I didn't like about the album, and I hated it, was this guy is an awful vocalist. I see. I, I didn't mind it. I, it's like it, it's, he's yeah. Okay. You know, his vocals sound almost exactly like Seth Putnam in Vaginal <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, <laughs> straight up. And I could not stop thinking that when I listened to it. And so I had to listen to it on speakers just to be sure. And I'm like, no. And then I listened to Vaginal Jesus for like two seconds. And I'm like, yeah, okay. We don't uh, endorse I'm, Vaginal Jesus. We don't. don't we that. don't. But I, I, do. I have to for research. I you know verification. I had to listen to. A couple lines of back of the bus, but um, uh, the guy, he, like everything he does, is so cool. If he just got a good vocalist, it would be so much better. Like his vocals are super thin, and it's obvious he's doing everything at like speaking volume, and so his his stuff sounds a lot like this. And I'm like, ooh, ooh yeah. I mean. Sure, sure. Like I, I, I think it would be more. Interesting. It kind of sounds like old carcass vocals, and old carcass vocals suck. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, you know. It's it's all he's going for that vibe, you know. And mm. and I agree. I think like with with a better vocalist, it would elevate the music for sure. Yeah. But what it like is, like, got, but yeah. for myself personally, the vocals didn't take mm. away from the experience. I still really Bummer. enjoyed no. this album. I've been listening to it a bunch. Like the riffs are really mm. stupid and catchy. And, you know like, what it reminds me of actually is a. Uh, because it's also like kind of splatter thrashy a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of thrash little, riffs in there and a lot of like DB type stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say if Ghoul yeah. play if Ghoul covered de- a death song, it would sound like this a lot. Probably. Like especially if the, like if Ghoul covered Leprosy or Human. Sure. This. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. 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 Um it's a super fun album. I highly recommend checking it out if you like nasty death metal. Um, yeah, I I recommend it to most people unless you're like a death metal vocalist, and then it will drive you insane. <laughs> so don't. Um, but yeah, it's but, definitely. But, worth but the songwriting is really cool. It is. Um, it's, it's like and then so, really weird. So actually, riffs. like I thought, cool. I thought the vocals were actually pretty good on the last song, mm-hmm. uh, and then I found out it was another vocalist. So ah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that that'll, makes sense. that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, that, that that helps. That helps is when you get another vocalist to do it. Yep. Uh, so all, all in all, um, uh, actually, yeah, let's uh, talk about maybe a couple songs in specific. Um, uh, so let's see. Um, Peroxide Engagement uh, was just a cool acoustic interlude. And there was actually some really cool acoustic parts on this album. There was like three acoustic parts. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. I agree. Uh, Necromorph, I think, was my favorite song on here. Yeah. Uh, it had a cool guitar solo, yeah. and then halfway through, it became like this dissonant jazz part. Almost sounded like you know when like Severed Savior starts playing jazz shit. Sure, I, uh, I really like that, that that song too. That was probably my yeah. favorite one. Uh, but then it like broke right back into like the coolest guitar solo on the album. Yeah, uh, the the, was, the guitar solos are really 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 cool, and they really elevate the music. I think that like yeah, had the guitar solos not been as excellent, it wouldn't have been as remarkable very as true it is. like very true they just yeah. add like that extra something that just elevates mm-hmm. everything because like, the songwriting is cool but is. like without a, a you know a guitar solo it'd probably just be like eh, i mean it'd be it'd be less death metally and a lot more grindy which is like i liked the death metal elements in this album a lot more than the grind elements and the grind elements more were just the aesthetics and like the the production i think yeah and some of the drumming choices i guess yeah i would agree. um 
But I mean, it was it was more old school death metal than it was old school gore grind. Definitely. Unless you're specifically talking about, I think that two carcass people albums. are specifically <laughs> talking about those first two carcass okay. albums. Okay, that, okay, like, and then, and then in, in that context, it makes sense. In any other gore grind, yeah. you're like, nah, I, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, um, agree. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool album. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna give it. <clears throat> uh, four disgusting album covers out of five. Uh, Speaking of disgusting album covers, <laughs> that brings us to our final album. The For the which Culture has, pick. Um, which, uh, the one so, we do so, for everyone. So, so before, before this, I don't <laughs> know if you remember, but this was supposed to be a bonus album that was maybe supposed to in some way relate to like Buckethead, which is why we chose like Slash... And uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, right. who we tried out yeah. for and stuff. So uh-huh. when you chose this, I'm like, what the fuck? But I mean, technically, I guess I'm I'm gonna do the math for you because <laughs> I'm sure you can't do it yourself. Nope, I can't do it. Back in uh, oh gosh, 1998. Oh, I, I know what you're gonna talk about. Dream Theater was on a soundtrack for a Dragon Ball Z videotape. And Buckethead was also on that album. Uh-huh. Now, given given James Labrie uh-huh. did no vocals on there, it was all instrumental music. He was still in the but band. I, but he was still in the band, and I looked, and he actually did get writing credits on the songs. There you go. Um, there you go. So, so. Yeah. So anyways, uh, this, <laughs> this month's... Uh, well, okay, so more specifically, what Britt's trying to say is this has turned into a pick where we alternate... Who gets to pick this? Like I picked this month, mm-hmm. picked last month, and now we just try to pick an album to make the other person suffer or make both of us suffer. Like that's that's really the idea here. Um, uh, we suffer, but why? That's a great question. So our album of the month. Um, well, not our album. Of the <laughs> no, month, but no, our, it's not. Our four. It's nobody's <laughs> album of the month. Spencer. Our, it's not even. It's not even James Labrie's album of the month. Spencer. For the culture album of the month is. James Labrie, vocalist for Dream Theater, solo record, beautiful shade of gray. Released on March, or sorry, May 20th, 2022. Produced by Paul Lodge James, mm-hmm. James Labrie, or sorry, produced by Paul Lodge, James Labrie, and Chance Labrie, his son. Who played drums on the album. Who also played drums. Uh, This one clocks in at 48 minutes and is uh, released by Inside Out Music, who also released O's. Wow. We're we're just Mm -hmm. prog nerds this month. Yeah, we're progging out, baby. Yeah, we're rocking out with our prog out. So, you know, I I had expectations coming into this album. I'm like, James Labrie solo album, so it's just going to be basically he gets a studio dream theater, Uh and it's just like watered-down dream theater music. It it did subvert my expectations in that way. It is not really that. Like, I was expecting it to be that as well, and it's not really that. It's primarily acoustic-based. Yeah, it's like acoustic rock with a lot of vocal harmonies and vocal shit. Vocal harmonies and like really, really, really nice and really tasteful guitar solos. Like all of the guitar so there, solos are very yeah, good. Uh, there was, um, so yeah, I, I wrote, uh, the only note I wrote for track eight, what I missed was, fuck this terrible song, but a really great acoustic solo. Yeah. It was a really great acoustic There's solo. Some, the, the guitar solos are some of the highlights of this album. <clears throat> This thing is uh, not what I expected it was going to be. It is uh, no. 
like it's, like I was saying, ho- like it is acoustic rock, acoustic prog rock. There's some like synth leads over it. There's some like piano parts here and there, but it is like kind of the musicianship is pretty good, but it's like kind of yeah. basic rock. Like it's so basic. So so you know what this music is? This is the music that they play on uh, like those Hallmark movies where like. Uh, a big city lawyer girl goes back to her town and like meets her high school crush again and shit. That's what this music is, a hundred percent. Okay, <laughs> it's it's fucking it's it is fragile music for fragile people. Interesting, but he's like the vocals he's doing are like power metal vocals over it. He's, he's like tr- he is, denied. but they're boring. But so so did you actually? So I I went ahead and looked at the lyrics, and uh-huh. oh my god, James Labrie has got to be the worst fucking lyricist of all time. I'm gonna read you a line here, uh, from track five. Hit me like a brick. All right, oh, here we go. Uh, my, can I can, before Tra- you read that? Can I give you my only my only note I took for that song? Yeah, sure. Track five. I wish I could hit James Labrie with a brick. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wrote this is some Emerson Lake and Palmer ass shit, but bad. Um, so fucking his li- the line in the song that I was just like, I had to pause it for a second and be like, <laughs> and just get like way higher to listen to the rest of this. Uh, he said, uh, try not to stay on track. No, I'm not coming back. Gotta figure this thing out. I'm a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's just all these fucking platitudes. Like, mm-hmm. so, so. The lyrics are the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the the like this music and the lyrics together let me know that James Labrie has never um you know faced any sort of uh struggle or adversity in his entire life. Definitely. Except for like just having a small penis and <laughs> being a m- mediocre metal vocalist. He's an alright vocalist. I think that the vocal melodies are generally pretty good on this album like they're they're fine, the, the, but the like... choruses sometimes are pretty good. Like the first song on the album, um, actually has a pretty good chorus. Like I I like the chorus on that album quite a bit. Uh, they're it, it's fine. Like the thing, it's just his his lyrics are meaningless, and his vocals are just kind of like he's always trying to do a power metal thing, and this is like acoustic dad rock, and it, it just doesn't. It's acoustic fit. dad prog rock. It's like it's like. Dad yeah. rock for dads who like were into prog, but now want something a little more safe. Yeah, um, still got that prog level of musicianship. Like the drumming, his his kid's a pretty good drummer. Like he's fine. Drummer's pretty he's good. He's I mean, good. yeah. Like guitar playing on this record. Well, guitar soloing on this record, fantastic. Yeah, really, good. really nice. Um, uh, and that yeah. guitar player, uh, his name is Marco Svolgi. Uh, uh, Spogly, Spogly. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, yeah, the the actual guitar part to track nine, Am I Right, was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a picked acoustic part. That song kind of sounded like part. Mumford and Sons, though, and I did not like that song. That's fine. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't nearly as bad as the next song. Their cover oh, of um, my God. Led Zeppelin's Ramble On, which, I mean, just sounded exactly like Ramble On, and, and it made it, me want to eat annoying. a brick. It was <laughs> yeah. eat a brick? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. It was. I I hated the. It, it, you know what it sounded? It th- this whole album sounded like it was put together by like a really competent worship band. Yeah, like the 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 most competent worship band in a church anywhere. Yeah, except yeah. instead of worshiping God, they worship the paychecks that James Labrie gives them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the yeah, last the, the, song is the electric version of the first song, except Devil the only drag. thing that's different is the the mm. the verse riff is is yeah, distorted, it's, it's but the rest of the song riff, is the, the, it has the acoustic chorus. Yep. It's still the same, except yep. for the verse riff. Like that's correct. Why it's such a minor change? Why did they even include that on the album? That sucks. Because they needed to bump it up to. 48 minutes of runtime instead of 44 as if anyone cares <laughs> apparently the album like i bet uh i bet like whoever he has a, like a record label through was like you need to produce at least one forty inside out music album. yeah inside out music. inside out music was like you need at least 45 minutes for us to call it an album and he's like otherwise it's not prog uh, you have, have you ever seen a prog ep that's what i thought thank <laughs> you very much 48 fucking minutes prog EP. that can't happen can't happen yeah we won't allow it a, a frog a, a frog a, fr- a prog ep is like a song mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. um yeah uh yeah i give this one all together i'm gonna go ahead and give it a four out of ten yeah i'm gonna go ahead and give this uh two and a half saturday afternoons at guitar center out of five um this is very much Guitar Center, Dad Rock. Yeah, this is something they play at Guitar Center, Definitely. and like, and the guy in the pro audio place would be like, "Whoa, I mean, you, you, uh, you shred, man. I'm a pretty good vocalist, man. You, you ever, you listen to James Labrie? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I can't imagine guy. somebody being like, "Hey, you listen to James Labrie? He's pretty. You ever cool. heard of Dream you're, Theater, you're man? <laughs> I hear you playing that Metallica riff. You ever heard of a?" Uh, I don't know. They're they're kind of like Metallica, but a little bit better. Dream Theater. <laughs> what? God, I, I'd be so good at working a guitar center. <laughs> Dude, just like talking to these dorks about bands that are like basic and nobody actually likes. Yeah, It'd be really fun. You know, like, dude, I hear you uh, playing some like uh, is that like Five Finger Death Punch Man? Pretty tight. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. You ever uh? There's this band called Liquid Tension Experiment. Kind of the same <laughs> thing. You ever heard? Of <laughs> Spock's beard, dude. Yeah. You ever checked out Spock's beard, bro? Uh, yeah. What about Transatlantic, man? Uh, Mike Portnoy plays drums in that. Got the dude yeah, from Spock's beard this... playing synth on there, man. Pretty tight. Wait, are you telling me this Atlantic prog band is trans? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all we got for you. Listen to James Labrie or don't. Listen to James Labrie uh, or die. I'd say don't listen to James Labrie and die. Okay, yeah. It's probably the best option you got. All right. Yeah, yeah I guess that's all we got for a album ketchup and yep. mustard. My my name has been Britain. My name has been Spencer. <laughs> You've been listening to Getting New Music, Maycast. I, I couldn't remember the name. I know. I, that's why I rushed <laughs> through it, so you couldn't. Even I was gonna attempt. join it, but then I, I don't remember. No, nope, it's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, eat a, eat a, go suck a cock on uh, Christopher Street. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.